Hello, and welcome to the Old Broads Running Podcast. I'm Terry, And I'm Angela. And really, we're not that old. But we're not exactly young either. But we feel young, and that's why we're here. Exactly. It's never too late to start living your best life. You've paid your dues, and now it's time to reap the benefits. For me, that started when I found a like-minded community and used them for accountability. And that's what we want to be for you. So come on and join us on a run. Hello, and welcome to our very first episode of Old Broads Run. This is so exciting. Yay. Welcome, welcome. Um, My name is Angela Lee, and I am 56 years old. And I'm Terry Brown, and I'm 57. And we decided to start this podcast because... As uh, runners of a certain age, we've realized that there's very few resources out there for us. And guess what? We're older runners. We're focusing on people over 50, but it's basically for anyone who needs a little TLC in their running. And we're there to give it to you. So, you know, my story is I started jogging in 1984 in my sophomore year of college because I had literally gained the freshman 15. So for the next 15 years, it was how I managed my weight. And off and on, every time I'd gain a few pounds, I'd start jogging and I'd lose it. And then in my 30s, I stopped running. And I didn't run for almost 10 years. And then in 2007, I made this zombie movie. And we had been on the movie set for like 12 hours a day. And we were eating crappy food and candy. And and we had all gained a bunch of weight during this shoot. And a friend of mine asked me if I wanted to train for a 5K with her. So I started running again, and I have never looked back. But I swore I would never run a marathon. But I made this little movie that you may have heard of called From Fat to Finish Line. And this amazing running community came out of it. And so I'd watch in the Facebook group, and and just like every month there'd be people running their first marathons, and everyone was cheering them on. And I really decided finally that – I needed to do that. And so the year I turned 50, I decided I wanted to run a marathon. And I ran my first marathon the week before my 51st birthday. Well, that's a way different running story and running history than I have. Because running was never in my vocabulary. Um, Why? Well, because I was morbidly obese. And well, we don't run. But in 2005, I lost my brother-in-law to cancer. And I needed an outlet. I needed some way to celebrate him. I was in Portland, Oregon, and I found this Susan G. Komen 5K bridge run. I thought I would tackle it. So I walked the race, and I will tell you, it was the hardest thing I had ever done. And then the next year, my sister, whose that was her husband who had passed away, suggested we do a turkey trot together. And let me tell you, funny thing, I found the picture to that turkey trot, and I walked that sucker in jeans and tennis shoes. And I don't know why, but it took me another 10 years before I really got the gumption to do something big. And in 2015, I thought, I'll sign up for a half marathon because, you know, that'll help me lose weight. But I did not train, and I lost no weight. And then in 2016, I was out on business, and I'd gone to a restaurant, and Gene Simmons was there. And I had to take a selfie. And we got, I got a couple of them. And when he walked away, I looked down at that picture. And in my head, 
I'm like, I can never show anybody that. I was absolutely mortified. And to be honest, that was my aha moment. I started eating better. And that year I completed 33 races. And on top of that, I lost 73 pounds. Now all along, I've always swore I would never sign up for a marathon. But in 2017, I got caught up in Expo Euphoria. And I signed up for my very first marathon. Shortly after moving to Long Beach, though, I decided to go ahead and do a 5K. But I overslept and I missed the race. And as I always did back then, I beat myself up. I called myself stupid. I called myself lazy. And as punishment, I made myself go down to the boardwalk and do that 5K. But I decided I had to do it under 30 minutes, a PR for me. Next thing I know, I'm running. My knee pops. And it's not good. And due to the injury, it took me another two years to do my first marathon. And I was 57 years old. Okay, so why are we specifically talking about the 50 plus crowd? Well, it's probably not a good idea for anyone to go out and try and run a 5K at over a minute faster than their PR. But a 20 year old probably wouldn't have popped their knee like you did. Google can only do so much in giving you training advice. Terry and I have since become certified running coaches, and she now knows a significant specified training plan is needed to take 20 seconds off per mile for a 5K. But also, doing a faster 5K is not productive training for trying to run your first marathon. You know, I knew that training was good, but I never actually completed a training plan. I tried Thank you again, Google. But it took a training plan that you gave me, Angela, that I realized there's a method to your madness. Uh, The madness is called periodization. So I followed that training plan and I followed it to a T. And you know what? This girl finished her first marathon. Training plans. What a concept. Do you think that you took the marathon training plan more seriously because you just figured you probably couldn't bullshit your way through a marathon? Uh... You know me so well. (laughs) Well, I feel like a lot of times we think we can bullshit our way through shorter races, but a marathon, you're like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) Yeah, 26.2 miles. So um, I had been a certified triathlon coach for two years before adding running coach to my resume. But the reason I wanted Terry to get certified with me was because I just really think that there's not enough older coaches out there. You know, Angela, there are older coaches. I think the challenge is that they don't know how to train well old broads. They like the shiny, fast runners because, well, that's what they've been doing for 20 years. True. I guess when I say that there's not enough old coaches out there, I mean there's not enough new old coaches out there. (laughs) Here's a story that happened in our our coach certification class. There was about 40 of us, and aside from the instructors who had been coaches for many years, Terry and I were the oldest, and we had three scenarios that we kind of talked through over the course of the certification classes. And one scenario, which we barely even talked about, was a YMCA group of people who could walk, I think, for 15 minutes, yeah. walk a mile in 15 minutes, and they wanted to do their first 5K. And we barely even talked about them. Then there was somebody named Robin who had run a marathon a couple of months earlier and had missed qualifying for Boston by 10 minutes. So first marathon, almost a Boston qualifier. And Robin is hiring you as a coach, in theory, to qualify for Boston. So to take 10 minutes off their marathon pace. And then the third scenario was 
Esmeralda, who was super, super fast, elite athlete, and wanted to place in the World Cup of Running at USA Track and Field. Had two 5Ks and a 10K, I think, as part of her plan. But we're talking like five-minute mile stuff. And, I mean, Terry and I did the work, but we also realized that that person's never going to come to us to hire us as coaches. So, no. Um, but but we really spent a lot of time in class. Our homework on, on the first night was Robin's Boston Qualifying Marathon plan. And then we were put into breakout groups twice during the second day to talk about Robin qualifying for Boston. And the second group that I'm in, one of the instructors was in that group. And we were answering a question. And at one point, I made the comment, well, Robin is fast, so... And the instructor stopped me and corrected me and said, well, Robin's not all that fast. Esmeralda's fast. But Robin's just trying to qualify for Boston. She's not that fast. She's running a seven-something minute mile. And in, that, in my world, that is very fast. Always has been, always will be. And so I just realized, like, what a disconnect there was between their idea of fast, their idea of a long run, and what the reality is for you us. You know, Angela, their long run started at 11 to 13 miles, and ours started at 6 to 7 miles. And those were some of the toughest runs that I had. Yeah. So they define a long run as anything over 90 minutes. So it was kind of, it took us a while to figure out what they were talking, because they'd be talking about 9 and 10 mile runs, but they weren't considered, quote unquote, efforts because they weren't long runs. And it wasn't until I finally kind of did the math and figured out that just our mindset is so different, you know. And I think that there's a mindset that people get when you hire a coach or you hire a trainer and you really, as a client, you don't generally think about pushing back. So if you're asked to do something that's too hard, you're more likely to quit than admit you can't do it. At least that's how I was for most of my life. You know, I had, I've had personal trainers on and off for 25 years um, but I did go for almost a decade without one. And then a, a few years ago, I hired one. And it was the first time I'd ever pushed back in my life. And he was, he was this cute young guy in his early 30s. And I was so sore after every workout. And I like couldn't walk down the stairs for two or three days. And even after a couple of months, it was still the same way. And I was trying to train for a half marathon at the same time. I just wasn't getting any better. And one day I finally got up the nerve to confront him. And I was just like, I'm old. Like, I'm the same age as your mother probably. And I asked him how old his mother was. And she was a year younger than I was. <laughs> and I finally just said, look, you know, if you don't modify these workouts for me, you're going to lose me as a client. I'm not going to come back. You know, that's really similar because, you know, as we all do at the first of the year, um, I join gyms every single year. And I'd go in there in January and I'd look for the guidance that they swore in their brochures. And all I'd get was a list of here, go do this, go do this, go do this. And no one would ever show me or tell me why I'm doing anything or working, working on the machinery. So in 2016, when I had had my aha moment, um, I had gone and joined a gym again, but this time I actually hired a personal trainer, but I was also with Weight Watchers. So I already had the food and I already had the, the weighing in down. So I'd go in there and I met with my trainer and he gave me the list. He goes, we're going to do this, not asking me what I wanted to do or what my goal was. 
we're going to do this. We'll work on these machines. I'm going to weigh you and let's talk about your food. And I had this panic moment of, here we go again. And I'm like, no, I already had lost a few pounds and I wanted to keep it going. So I had said to him, I said, listen, you're not going to weigh me and you're not going to talk about food because those two things I've already got under control. What you can do is you're going to help me um, learn how to work in the gym so that I don't need you down the line. And what I found is I needed a voice. And that's what we're here for is we're here to listen to you. And we really want you to share your stories with us. We think it's important. We want everyone to be happy and healthy and fit through our golden years. And so that's really the reason why we wanted to start this podcast and the reason why we got certified and and the reason why we're starting a running club and working on other fitness certifications so that we can really focus on what it's like to be fit and healthy in your 50s, 60s, 70s, and even beyond. You know, as a 57-year-old, I know what limitations are out there And it's hard to find that support and accountability and those that know what we're going through. Okay, so um, that's why we're here, who we are. Two old broads running. (laughs) And so a little bit more about what you're going to get from us week to week. We're going to obviously talk about something specific. We want to hear your stories, like, like Terry said. But then we're going to go for a run. And so the final segment of every episode is going to be Terry and I having a little chat on a run because that's what we did training for the marathon where we came up with this idea and it's what kept training fun. It's what kept us motivated and it's where we've had our best chats. You know, and I was just telling Angela, I said, you know, the marathon, it was amazing and I am truly blessed and happy that I did it. But the best time I had, and I know you're not going to hear this from very many people, was I loved marathon training. I loved getting out there. Um, You know, we did trains together, and we had chats, and we talked, and it never got old, and I never was tired of it. Um, And I, I really hope that we can share some of that with you guys. The first chat we had was um, the first training run we did together after COVID-19 quarantine lockdown. So Terry and I live in Southern California and she lives a block from the beach. And right after they opened the bike paths again, I went over to her house and we ran and we taped it. So (laughs) here's the conversation. We're going to sound a little muffled because we were wearing masks. As Good people in COVID-19 do. We have these fun masks and you'll see the pictures of us in our cute little running masks in the show notes. But we wanted to um, let you be a fly on the wall on our conversation on our first run back. So today is Terry and my first training run since the marathon. We've been in quarantine. Kind of still in quarantine we've been in quarantine but the main thing is is that all our paths have been closed and they opened up the paths again last week the beach path so we're able to work out again we're gonna sound a little muffled because we're wearing masks here in los angeles county you're required to wear a mask when you go out in public it's a monday evening at seven ish and it's pretty crowded 
two and a half months ago, we were able to run 26.2 miles because we completed the LA Marathon. And now, after two months, two months of quarantine, and Terry had bronchitis, thankfully not COVID-19, we're going to be running for two minutes and walking for three. <laughs> hey, I'll take it any day. Whenever you're ready, Terry. All right, we're going. Okay. Ah, oh, running. Oh, it's going to be hard to talk and run. But one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk about that I thought was funny was that I will say towards the end of marathon training, I could not wait to not have to run all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're not able to, it's amazing how quickly you wish you could endure this torture. And boy, did I miss this. Oh my gosh. So did I. But I can remember towards the end of the marathon training, I would say, Angela, am I going to be able to keep running? I mean, I'm still going to be able to train or at least run because I know, you know, we were going into triathlon training. Yeah. And you're like, no, because you can do, you can do a 5K. Literally any day you wanted. Yep. Right? Little, little did we know that that wasn't going to actually be a possibility. I know that you were really loving running and wanted to know how much you could keep running, but I really missed swimming and biking and was really looking forward to not having to run anymore. And how quickly I missed it and how quickly I would, you know, start training for another marathon tomorrow if I could. And that's funny that you said that because I swore at the end of the LA Marathon that I would never ever run a marathon again. I did it, one and done. But the longer that I couldn't run, and I realized that I kind of took for granted that ability, now I definitely want to run a marathon again. Oh, I have to get out of shape. It's, it's only been two months. That's just the crazy part. I know. Two months and one week to be exact. Hey, that was a long three minutes. I'm, uh, I've been kind of geeking out on the science of all of this. So you are the Google been, queen. I've been trying not to Google because you can go down the rabbit holes because <laughs> I do love me some Google. <laughs> but uh, I've been listening to the podcast Science Versus and it's been all coronavirus since this happened. And then I actually subscribed to news. I subscribed to the Washington Post and the LA Times, and I open it up and I scan the headlines and I choose what I'm gonna look at. And I did that probably a month into all of this because I had to stop like letting the internet dictate what, I, what information I was gonna absorb. Yep. <laughs> Cause it was getting too stressful. Because you know, I mean, I wanna, I want to absorb John Krasinski's good news. Yes, which I haven't <laughs> watched yet. I do need to get down and oh, look at that. Um, it's fantastic. The other thing, I might need an Instagram intervention when this is over because I've been obsessed with the chefs cooking at home. Oh my gosh. David Chang and Jose Andres. 
he's been cooking to the songs of Hamilton with his daughters. Oh, I watched that. that was, <laughs> and they're that going was through awesome. the whole soundtrack. Was it, you've got your chefs. I have Leslie Jordan. Oh, he's amazing. <laughs> that just joy. Absolutely like hunker downers, man. That's what we all are. <laughs> when you give it a, a, a very homey term, it doesn't feel so bad. I think these are all things that, I mean, it is giving us all a sense of humanity again. And I'm trying really hard to, and it's funny, this is something that I actually got from Pete Buttigieg. I heard him interviewed while he was still in the running <clears throat> for the primary. And he knew that this was probably not gonna be a very, he didn't say this, but potentially not a winning strategy. But he said he wanted to spend more time focusing on what he is for instead of what he's against. And I thought, I'd like to try and live my life that way. You know, you have a limited capacity for thought. You know, I had a mentally tough childhood with a narcissistic father, Chinese narcissistic father. <laughs> Sad the Asian too. <laughs> and so I spent a lot of time being angry. And I spent a lot of my 20s and 30s concentrating on what I'm against, basically. What made me mad, what pissed me off, the injustices of the world. And I'd like to spend my older years thinking about more of the things I'm for and what can we do, even little things. And even if it doesn't affect many people other than my inner circle, you know? But if everybody does that to their inner circle, if all they yeah. care about is the kindness in their inner circle, then it's gonna spread no matter what. Right now, there is so tumultuous that if you fall into that, it doesn't take long for you to get caught up. But if you surround yourself like I do, like with you, Sarah, and all the kind people, I'm. this has made this so much better for me. Well, I mean, I think that all of this is kind of, you know, we're all faced with our mortality, our family and friends' mortalities. It makes us think more about what we want to do when we grow up. Yeah. And this whole idea of being certified running coaches and helping women our age live healthy, active lifestyles, not feel bad about being where we are, giving up that 20s and 30s mindset about when I lose 10 pounds, I'll start dating. When I do this, I'll do this. When I can get here, I'll do this, you know? Or that, I'm too old for this. Right. I'm too old to run. That's not true. Because you really are never too old for stuff. Okay, so there's our very first episode of Old Broads Run. Now, since I'm obsessed with Instagram, you're going to have to go to the Old Broads Run Instagram account to see the pictures of us and our cute running masks and Terry doing that turkey trot in her jeans. We're also going to post that picture of her with Gene Simmons that changed her life. Thanks, Angela. And just so you know, I do have the, I'll show the one that with me and Gene Simmons, but just know I did cut myself out of quite a few of those pictures. <laughs> okay. And join us on our next episode when we're going to talk about what it's like to train for longer races like half marathons and marathons. We're going to have a lot of tips and tricks to help you train and stay injury free and some things to help keep it fun. Until then, see you on our next run. Thank you for listening to the Old Broads Running Podcast. If you want to join our Facebook group, go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Old Broads Run. And if you're a runner over 50, we'd love to inspire others by sharing your story. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram or email us at hello at oldbroadsrun.com. We look forward to seeing you out on the road.